The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. What's up, what's up? Shout out to all you in the posse. I'm Jared, and here on this program, we are done with the status quo in healthcare marketing. We are no longer pretty thing producers. We are growth engineers, and we are the voice of the consumer, helping design the integrated digital experience that consumers demand in healthcare. We call it marketing forward. If that sounds like you, then this is the place for you. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about where we have been and where we're going. Then Peter is here to celebrate our 100th episode and discuss what has surprised us over those 100 episodes. Then hang with us for What's the 411 featuring Paul Zablowski. Let's go. Flavor of the Week. When we started 100 episodes ago, our industry was at a pivot point. It was becoming clear that the role of traditional marketing and communications was evolving, and two camps had formed. I'll label them, as you might expect, marketing backwards and marketing forward, the status quo and the new wave. There were those who were set in their ways, and there were those who were interested to know what was coming next and what to do about it. It was easy to know which camp you fell into. You could frequently hear the marketing backwards camp saying things like, this is how we've always done it, and how do we know this isn't just a fad, and well, I don't consume information that way, so nobody does. While the marketing forward camp was saying, a new wave is coming whether we want it or not, and we want to ride that wave rather than be drowned by it. Let's find out how. Interestingly, both camps felt a couple of common pain points. First, some were still trying things the way they had always done them, but the results weren't as good. Others were a bit disillusioned that what they were doing now wasn't what they thought they'd be doing. Either way, they were going through a bit of a career identity crisis. Second, they were frustrated that others higher up in their organizations didn't get it yet and had a very outdated perception of the value of marketing. They hadn't yet cracked the code of how to speak the right language to the right people, which was causing them to hit walls at every turn. Fast forward to today, 100 episodes later, and while I don't yet see disruption or large-scale change, what I do see is momentum, and I don't want you to forget that. Nothing can replace the conversations that you and I have had one-on-one over the last two years as you have reached out and shared what this podcast has meant to you. You've shared stories with me that tell me that you're still hoping, dreaming, evolving, experimenting, and winning small victories. And we need each other to keep doing that. That's why you might be surprised to hear me say this, but in another hundred episodes from now, I hope you don't need this program. I'm serious. I'm hoping in another 100 episodes that what we're saying on this program becomes the status quo and that there isn't a need for us to keep repeating what we're saying. 
And here's what I mean. I'm hoping marketing forward becomes the standard. I'm hoping we can shift the way healthcare is marketed, connected, and experienced in ways that can't be ignored. That the marketing backwards camp has no choice but to understand where we're coming from and to join us in riding that wave. And I'm telling you, I see it happening. I see this momentum gaining steam and leading to disruption. Not just in healthcare delivery, but in the way it's marketed and experienced. Not just talking about how other people are disrupting, but causing that disruption ourselves. That's why I lie awake at night, like I did literally just last night, flooded with ideas of what can change and how to change it. From the bottom up, starting with little things, not giving up, not giving in. I know you have those ideas too. You've shared many of them with me. So let's share them as a community, as a posse. Post your ideas on LinkedIn, on Twitter, or on Instagram. Tell us you don't have it all figured out, but here's one part of it. Tweet me and I'll retweet it to the masses. DM me and I'll find a guest who can answer your question on a future episode. Yes, I'm talking to you. Let's make this podcast not just something you listen to, but something that creates that change in all of us and connects us as change agents, not just as marketers. So that on the 200th episode of the Healthcare Wrap, we can celebrate an industry that has truly been disrupted and see our part in it. And that's the flavor of the Week. What's up? What's up, Peter? What's up? What's up, Jared? How you doing? Well, you know, it's about the hundredth time that this has happened where we've opened an episode on this podcast. So uh, I'm just trying to think back and and uh, not get too sentimental here, but but it's pretty cool to be able to say that. I am very proud of that. You know, a hundo podcast, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I give a lot of the credit to you. Again, you came up with this amazing idea. You took me along for the ride. I'm so very, very proud of that. But I'm also proud about what we've created here, This uh, the posse that's out there, the people that listen on a regular basis, the new people that we're getting. And that's it's going to be fun to talk about that today because uh, I think we're both very gracious about what's been happening for the past 100 episodes. Right. You can think about it. So that was April 2018 when this thing started, when episode one hit the airwaves and we're like, cool, we're going to take over the world. And uh <laughs> We're like, uh, okay, I guess we've got to do more than one episode for that to happen, you know. And I agree. Been, it's uh, been quite, quite a ride. That's really what this is all about. And, and I think, you know, I think that's what we're going to get into today is what has this podcast brought us? What has it done for us and for the community, so to speak? Yeah, that's the right way to think about it. I feel like we get more out of it than, than anyone having high caliber guests on here who are willing to come on and, and share their knowledge in a, in a very informative way. And we all kind of learn as we go with a little bit from this guest, a little bit from that one. And, and we're all kind of going the same direction and improving our understanding of how to do everything that we're trying to do and make a difference out there in the world. And I think, you know, since that time, there have been some pretty crazy things. It just feels like some, some trends out there happening. And rather than go trend by trend, what we were going to do today was talk about the top things that have surprised us over these 100 episodes. And there's a lot of them. So I think we're, we're each going to try to do our, our top three surprises. And maybe that's just where we start. Many vendors, so little time. Expecting me to know them all is practically a crime, but it's what my job's about. Yeah. It makes me want to shout. Yeah. I need some help deciding who to use without a doubt. Something everyone wants. Like a secret decoder. Something everyone needs. Like your own baby Yoda. Help me to choose. I can't afford to lose. Isn't there a website that I really ought to use? Martech.health. Martech.health. 
Do yourself a favor, check it out for yourself. Need to find a vendor? This is the way. Martech.health, who you gonna pick today? Martech.health is the vendor directory built specifically for healthcare marketing, communications, and digital professionals. People like you. Founded and run by the OG himself, Healthcare Internet Hall of Famer Ed Bennett. It's designed to make your next vendor selection process less painful. And here's why. Over 600 vendors across 40 industry categories, verified vendor reviews and ratings from your peers, a resource library of articles, videos, and events, plus an anonymous messaging tool to get your vendor questions answered without worrying about endless callbacks. All of this is free to use and share. Check it out at martech.health. Let's do our top three surprises each from the first 100 episodes of Healthcare Wrap. So, uh, Peter, the floor is yours. You want to get us started here? I'll start it off. One thing that I was particularly surprised about is, well, you know, the amount of, of people that are in that world of content marketing and see it as a viable kind of thing, and it's not a trend anymore. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes when you're doing that kind of work, and you're in the midst of it, you think, oh, I must be the only one that's doing this. Or I, you know, especially if you're trying to get the the powers that be at your at your different organization, hospital system, whatever it happens to be, on board with taking on something of that nature. You kind of feel sometimes like you're in it by yourself. But the podcast has really kind of shown that through our guests, you know, especially as someone like Amanda Todorovich, and, and there are people out there that are killing it. They are doing it the right way. But then you heard a lot of people that want to do it like that. And that kind of came out. And I was really surprised by that to see or hear, even through all the comments and and things when we post the the podcast, social media, just a lot of the comments saying, I'm trying to do this. I, you know, and and requiring and requesting more information about it, that this is not a trend anymore. This is almost kind of like you you have to do this. And it is such a requirement almost in healthcare now because of, of what it offers and how you can measure it. And and it's not as transactional as it used to be uh, or you, you think it should be. And I just, I'm just really impressed with that. And that's something that I was surprised about. And I, it was kind of like, hey, we're all part of this club, so to speak. And, and through the podcast, I was really happy to see that. Yeah. And I think part of it's even having to do with what the definition of content marketing is and how that's evolved. Even just in the last couple of years, you can definitely look back 10, 12 years ago and say anyone with that word, with that term was just generally referring to blogs, blog posts. And that, that was right. the main type of content out there. There were those who were kind of ahead of the curve who figured out how to kind of game the organic search system by producing a lot of content that was marked up well and, and you're going to find it on Google and it was going to be related to something and people were going, to, were going to come to your site and you barely had to do any paid promotion of that content. And so your world was really focused on word counts and header tags and, and some basics of, of SEO and markup and, and so forth. And that world has only gained in scope because now content marketing refers to not even a certain format or channel or style or type of content. It has to do with why you put it out there. Is it simply to help somebody, help a target audience without any expectation of, of sales or, or getting them in, their, in your funnel? Is it just providing beneficial information in some form or another and putting it out there into the world? That at the root is content marketing. That is brand building. It's long-term relationship building. And the difference between that and the basic transactional stuff that you were referring to 
I think there are more who understand that difference now than ever. And that does speak to the, the evolution that has been a pleasant surprise that a lot more healthcare marketers are understanding that, that content, you know, quote unquote, content marketing can be video clips. It can be a podcast for crying out loud. It can be audio content. It can be images, infographics. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be just a blog post. In fact, I would dare say these days that that's the minority of content when we're talking about content marketing. So it's understanding that that definition has has broadened, which just means it's more complex and there's more to figure out. But once you do, then you still have that same opportunity that those did, that bloggers did. 10 to 12 years ago to be the first ones that somebody finds when they're looking for the right information. Agreed. And I even go back to that one episode when we talked about how content marketing is and healthcare is, is, is a perfect marriage, but it's also, we're putting our arms around a whole new group of people that are going to be coming in to become professionals in there. There's journalists and PR folks that have kind of crossed that line, so to speak, and, and now kind of are part of that content marketing club. So I really, in particular, loved that episode when we were talking about that. And uh, yeah, that was a great conversation. And um, I hope to hear more about that as we go forward in the, for the next 100 episodes. Absolutely. All right, you got to... All right, Jared, what do you got? Yeah, you got to start it on the right foot here. So my first surprise has to do with how the pendulum has swung, in my opinion, relating to marketing ops. So tech and analytics, Right. To some, that's the part that excites them about marketing. To others, it's the bane of their existence. And a couple of years ago, when, when we started off, I mean, I, I'm looking at some of the, the titles of our first episodes. So there are things like, do marketers really need data? So we were doing it a little tongue-in-cheek back then, you know? Do marketers really need data? Yeah. Is healthcare marketing dead? That was, our, that was the title of our first episode. Is healthcare marketing dead? What are we marketing in healthcare? How do we help doctors help us help them? You know, I'm just reading some of these. Who owns the digital health experience? Which is interesting to date. That's still our our most popular episode. And that was number seven, right? That was almost two full, full years ago. So we were talking about experience, analytics, data, tech... And there was definitely a focus. I feel like when, when we were getting going, I was definitely focused on, on understanding how all those pieces fit together, how platforms connected, how they created an integrated experience, and how to optimize. How to optimize your analytics, how to get more insights out of them. And if I wasn't careful, I could see how it would start to become really transactional and spreadsheet-focused versus people-focused. And then to take all that and try to create content and any kind of digital engagement that actually resonated with people, that pendulum has had to swing back to recognizing that we have to keep the humanity in healthcare. I mean, to me, there, there's a big difference there. And I think I, I kind of started down one path. And it has been interesting to see over these episodes how that has changed, where I really could be focused. Some, some guests we've had, that's all we've talked about, is analytics and, and tech platforms, tech stacks, and CRM and content management systems and so forth. And so where do we go with those things? Well, it's not so that you just like that's you don't just talk about those things to to really just to sink your money somewhere. It's to create right. and help distribute your human-based messages more effectively and more efficiently. So it could be easy to lose sight of one versus the other. And I think that's just a, something that dawned on me recently. So in my mind, marketing doesn't have to be transactional and lifeless. 
customer experience won't be solved by chatbots and so forth. And I know we definitely talked about a lot of innovations like like chatbots and AI and and CRMs and marketing automation platforms. And we still talk about those, but I feel like the context that we have. I feel like the context that we've been able to build around those topics these days in more recent episodes is painting a more broad picture. So realizing that when we're talking about growth, that doesn't just mean you're focused on numbers on a spreadsheet or you know a formula of star ratings or gaming an algorithm. Take those things into account and then use them to propel real human-based storytelling. And I think making that connection is something that I have learned and, and realized that that spectrum is swinging back to the humanity that is in in our healthcare marketing. So I think that's something cool to see. I agree. I would say, you know, another surprise that I have is, is, is kind of related to this is just one word, posse. We kind of said that tongue in cheek when we first, you know, created this podcast, you know, it's, it's themed and rooted in old school hip hop and rap. And we both have that love. And that is so such a fitting term, I guess, for all the folks that, that follow us. But I would say that the biggest surprise that I got out of that was just that we created this posse through this podcast and it's people that have all the same challenges, the same concerns, the same goals and considerations. And that has been a surprise to see kind of this hive mind that happened, happened on the, on the podcast. I love, 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 love seeing all the comments and especially when we throw it up on, on social media it, to see it kind of justifies and kind of like it, you know, verifies your existence and, and validates your you know, frustrations or your excitedness of, over something. That has been one of the best and most surprising things to me. And I didn't know how much people were experiencing the same kind of things you and I were. And I think that's one of my favorite things about this podcast is, is seeing a community that got built. And, you know, and again, it's a community of the tech side and the, and the storytelling side and the marketing side and the journalism side. And it, but everybody came together to talk about what is really happening in healthcare. And kind of similar to what you're saying is that, you know, we've seen this shift, this pendulum shift of going from a data sheet marketing, data marketing to content marketing, but yet there still has to be to make it easy, you know, and make it easy. This is a whole, this, this is a, a, an important time in healthcare for the healthcare consumer. We're going, baby boomers are, are, you know, they're getting older, they're getting to a point where they're not as heavy as a consumer, but you know, now you have the Gen Xers uh, like you and I, and then you have the millennials and the, and things have been shifting more towards videos and infographics and all those kinds of things. So you overlay that over the top of what we've been talking about on this podcast for the past hundred episodes. And it's, to me, it's been interesting to see, like I said, this community form, but in so doing this, this massively changing industry, but that is healthcare marketing, that has been a really big surprise to me too. I don't know how about you feel about that, but I, it's been pretty interesting to me. Yeah. I never could have guessed the type of community that would be around. And like you said, tongue in cheek, we started calling it a posse and there really is, there are, there are way more listeners out there who truly are experiencing the same things, have had similar experiences, have the same challenges, are running into the same roadblocks, and yet still yearn for that same fulfillment in our work. Because I truly can't think of any other work short of being a, a clinician, you know, or, and there, there's only a couple of other real places in the world uh, that I feel like that you could be that fulfilled on a day-to-day basis as far as helping yeah. people improve their lives and things as what's inherently 
baked into our day-to-day work, and it's so easy to forget about that. I need a dime, I ain't faking a phone. You crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey, guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, hmm, not so heavenly, was it? By now you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. You're up next. What you got? My second surprise was kind of related to that. I feel like it is based on the fact of what happens when we do have this community that has come together in different ways. And we realize that the strength that we can build off of each other, this is something I, I've learned. And I, same thing, I didn't expect it to this degree. But the pattern that has kept on coming and happening on this program is the pattern of having a guest on, talking about one thing, but then you know stopping the recording and then chatting with them for another 15, 20, 30 minutes about other related ideas and those innovative ideas that happen afterward. And some of them happen during the program, during an interview. And then sometimes it's, it's stuff, you, you and me going back and forth on things. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, we get to a place where I just never would have guessed we were going. And it's that type of innovation that's baked off of, off of one another, off of that interaction that has been such a pleasant surprise to realize how much of that can happen I don't see the innovation and disruption that needs to happen in healthcare. I don't see that coming by doing things in the same way. And that is one reason why we started the podcast and did it a little differently and had a different angle on it, a different perspective. I see the fulfillment of that. It's just not going to happen from the incumbents who are trying to do things the same way and ignoring the changes in consumer-based healthcare and engagement anymore. If you ignore it, like you, you're just going to miss the boat. You're going to be disrupted. And the thought of, of the types of innovation that are happening because we're having that type of conversation, that specifically, and not just, hey, how can I do the exact same things just a little better and optimize it? It's like, no, we're, we're being asked, how can we totally flip this whole thing on its side? And how can we start marketing completely differently? Because we recognize the opportunities there. That's been a, a huge surprise for me. Yeah, it, yeah, 100% agree with you on the Hunter's episode. That was a little dad joke in there for you. So, but yeah, I, it's been pretty, pretty amazing. I would say, let me jump to the third one, the one that I hope that we actually do even more on this too. But some of the little pleasant surprises that I've taken away from actually being in this podcast and being part of this podcast is to hear kind of uh, some trends 
in how I would do my job and kind of like, how does it affect my nine to five, so to speak? And in preparing for this episode, we talked about, you know, I've heard a, a little bit on kind of, you know, is it long form or short form in terms of video or writing of any kind? You know, what are websites evolved into now with content and with healthcare marketing? And what does the future bring? Everything seems cyclical, you know, and we hear a lot about, well, the long video is not going to be good because people's attention span isn't going to be good enough. And then I challenge people, you know, people are binge watching, you know, shows constantly on Hulu and, and Netflix. So I don't know if I agree with that, but you know, then there's obviously a need for short videos. You know, you, sometimes the channel will dictate that, you know, Instagram, you got a 59 second time limit there. And, and, you know, and, and obviously the audience dictates that too, you know, certain channels and certain audiences. So we talked a little bit about this, but I, I'd love to have your perspective on it a little bit is how can we on this podcast, not necessarily find the silver bullet on how we produce content and what content is the right one, because I think it's such a, you know, wide ranging answer, but I, I would love to hear more on that. But what I've heard so far has been pleasantly surprising to me and it has helped actually helped me in my approach uh, to the jobs that I do. And so I wanted to kick that over to you a little bit because I think there's, there's more to talk about there, but from what I've heard, I've been actually surprised. And like I said, I'm just really happy to actually get that information and, and, and utilize it. So the podcast also is a, you know, an education opportunity for me. I know that sounds funny, but it, it really is. Uh, any thoughts from you on that? That's a great question. So I can take even just just that one part about long form versus short form content, right? That is a question that we get asked all the time. And we've been asking, it has been asked for more than a decade, which one is better? Which one should we try? And the answer that, that just keeps hitting me over the head is, well, both, but depending on the brand that produces it. So you can have two different brands, one that people care about and one that people don't. And it's, it's pretty obvious when we put it this way, but you can put, you can do short form or long form with both of those two brands. You do the exact same video series, for instance, with both of those, the brand that people care about, they're going to get the engagement. They're going to get the reach with that. They're going to accomplish their, their business objectives because of it. It all comes back to brand. It matters who produces it. So you're going to have, you have YouTubers out there who say, yeah, YouTube sucks. <laughs> like the platform itself doesn't work, you know? And uh, it's probably because we're not making this video the right length of a video instead of realizing no, it's because like you just haven't developed your brand. <laughs> you just right. haven't, you haven't given anyone reason to come search for you. The thought of, I'm just going to throw stuff out there and organically people are going to find me because they want something related to it. Those days are so long gone now that the right question to ask now isn't, should I be doing short form or long form? It's how can I build my brand so that it doesn't matter what form of content I do, people are going to engage with it and it's going to do what it's that right there, what we set out to do. That right there, Jared, is I want you to repeat that because that is tweetable. That is a, a snackable piece of content right there within this. Say that again because that is really good. I love it. Just say it again because it, it, it <laughs> makes me, it makes my heart happy to hear that. So the right question in my mind isn't whether I should be producing short form or long form content. It is, how can I build my brand so that it doesn't matter what type of content I put out there? It will get engagement regardless because people care about what I'm doing and what I'm all about. There's you and so- the pod out there right now, take that piece, that clip, 
and play that in front of your all your bosses at all your different hospital systems right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's the the one piece. Yeah, we could have just fast forwarded to that and then I guess. <laughs> no, you no, get no. nothing out of this 100th episode, take that away because that was very powerful. Nice job. That was awesome. All right on, cool. I'm giving you a an air five right here or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I felt it. I got it. Yeah, there we are. So that was my that was my third one. Yes. Okay. So my third and final one, it, it was a one of the episodes you and I did recently. It was an article by Mark Schaefer uh, about parasocial relationships, which is one of the ones yeah. that we covered. And this was just a it was a it was a revelation to me. And by then, I think we were already in like the eighties or nineties in episodes. It wasn't that long ago. It was just earlier this year. And that article yeah. that article was about the relationship that somebody develops with you as a, a podcast host or a YouTuber, but somebody who puts out serialized, you know, regular frequency content that's audio or video that people feel like they know you, even though they've never met you. And what happens as a result, like how, how they feel like they need it, how they feel like they are connected to you in a much deeper way than if they had downloaded a white paper in your name, or they had, you know, read one blog post by you there's something different that actually happens in your brain that causes that that connection to happen. And I'll just say that has been a pleasant surprise too. I've gotten probably a good, I don't know, it has to be definitely an uptick, a heavy uptick in people that have linked in with me that were listeners, but they're part of the posse. And for all the people that I've, that I've connected with over the past year, I'm really happy to meet your acquaintance and, that, and happy that we can have a relationship, have a friendship based on this podcast. And that right there tells you a lot about what that parasocial relationships can do. And that was like a measurement. That was an analytic that I was able to see. So there you go. I don't know if you've, if you've felt the same thing or seen the same thing, but it's, it was pretty significant. Yeah, 100%. The, the relationships that are harder to measure, but are absolutely one, one thing that happens when you dedicate the time to doing this type of content. It, it happens. It, it is all over the place. There are examples of it everywhere. And realizing that that's the value of, of putting something out on a regular basis. It's, it's what the brand and the story is that it's telling. Uh, but also, there is really something to, to putting out content on a regular basis in a way that people expect it each week. Like they do you know, their, their favorite show uh, of some kind or another. So there are some just psychological factors there, I suppose, that have to do with why certain podcasts and video series can be successful in a different way that, that might be missed otherwise if you don't put your finger on it early on. So, you know, it's not a mic drop. This is literally us trying to put our arms around a community and say, hey, what are you experiencing? What are you doing? What's great? What's bad? This has been such a great opportunity for us to, to be able to do that. Every minute has been a pleasure, Peter. Uh, this has been, uh, it, it is a labor of love. It is something that, that we both know in our, in our hearts, in our, in our guts that, that we need you know, we need to keep this going. And I look forward to doing that over the next 100 episodes. Peter, it has been a pleasure. It has been uh, a surprise how surprising our surprises have been. Yeah, much props to you, man. Much props on this on this podcast. And um, just we hope that we get more, more of you in this posse and uh, more voices to this podcast. And uh, it's been a pleasure myself as well. Yep, yep, yep. All right, man. It, it's been real. You know what they say? Deuces. What's the 411? Hello, this is Paul Soblowski of Paul Soblowski Consulting, and here is the 411 for healthcare marketers. 
Marketing operations is generally used as a very broad term describing how the contemporary marketer can and should think of their own operations on a scale similar to IT or finance or strategy or business development, even government relations. It's not necessarily a new term, but more of a paradigm shift. And it represents how marketing operations can increase efficiency and drive business results by focusing on strategy, metrics, infrastructure, business processes, and even investment strategies. Marketing operations isn't necessarily project management. It can be better described as return on marketing investment, ROMI, or marketing performance management, MPM. Because of the continuing pressure on the marketing function from the C-suite, the need for the marketing function to be more and more transparent, efficient, and accountable is before us. Marketing operations can be a great collaboration with agile marketing, which is a more tactical approach where the marketing teams focus their collaboration efforts on high value projects, measure their impact, and continuously monitor and improve results over time. While the specific elements of the definition of marketing operations can vary, some of the most common elements include, again, investment strategies, performance measurement and reporting, technology, data, and analytics, process engineering, talent management, and organizational alignment. More to come. Hey, thanks to Peter for joining me on this special 100th episode. Don't forget to join the posse. Listen, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Ulterra digital production and a member of the Shift.Health network. So on behalf of Peter and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap.